If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Welcome back to this thing we do. I'm pretty sure I remember the word podcast. That's right. I got hit in the head really hard this week. So if I sound a bit off at any point or I can't remember words for things, that's why. <laughs> that's sad. I know. <laughs> but we should we I, should point out though that it's not a sports it's not sports fault. So Yeah, strangely enough, I play a sport with a helmet where I have to hit people, and yet I got a concussion doing the dishes, so that means What's, that okay. <laughs> that means that washing the dishes is more dangerous than tackle football. So now you know. Tell your friends. Trans, trans women should be banned from doing dishes from now on. <laughs> That's very true. That's one ban I will heartily agree with. <laughs> <laughs> so t- Eli, you were talking about when we got the idea yeah. for this thirty seconds ago about advice relating to a certain shitty wizard author? (laughs) Yeah, so I actually was thinking about how, so this is not always applicable, but generally I was thinking about how sometimes people get caught up in the what's of a situation instead of the how and the why of a situation. Um, So like one example would be people who ask perfect strangers about their genitalia like that sounds weird, you know, it's like weird mm-hmm. if you do that. But when if someone's trans, it's somehow they consider it okay. So it's basically them losing a basic principle of life because of a subject. Um, and so, you know, I sometimes will do this with cis people where they're like, oh, why can't I ask trans people about their genitalia? I'm like, do people ask you about your genitalia <laughs> randomly? They're like, no, that'd be weird. I'm like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um but more specifically, this came up because a friend of a friend was not even trying to justify it at all, but she apparently was a long-time, big-time Harry Potter fan from basically when Harry Potter started. She had, at this point, decades worth of merch, and not just official merch, but things her friends had made her, things she had made. She's crafty. like, And when all the turfiness started her response understandably was just to kind of shove her stuff into corners and 
the backs of shelves, like out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing. But now she's moving. Mm. And the comment she posted was just so full of genuine distress. Like this was not somebody trying to say, I'm so sad, feel bad for me. But she's like, what the hell do I do? I love my trans friends. I cannot stand to look at this stuff. But it's also like so much of my life is tied up in this stuff. And I'm still like, she didn't say the words, but I could tell she was still processing her feelings, you know? Sure. And so instead of getting hung up on the Harry Potter thing, because she, despite the comment being about Harry Potter stuff, clearly the main problem wasn't Harry Potter. It's the fact that she's moving and having to deal with really emotionally evocative possessions, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I thought about situations that I had been in that were similar with exes or family members I no longer am on good terms with. Like, moving by itself is hard, right? Even if you have an ideal, easy move, even if you are paying people to help you, moving is a pain in the fucking ass, and it's why most people don't want to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And add that add to the fact that you know you're dealing with something that is emotionally stressful for you. Like it's just not gonna be a good combo. And it's probably not the best time to be dealing with it, even though you're forced to. And then on top of that, I don't know about other people, but I always grew up kind of with this idea and I had not questioned it until recently that putting off a task is inherently bad. Hmm. Like if you, if you decide to put off a task, it's basically like a character flaw. Like you're just lazy. Um, And obviously this is ableist and fucked up, but I feel like, a lot of people have that belief, even if they don't follow up on that belief, they they have this guilt about procrastination. You know, if you can do it, just do it. You know, even if it's upsetting you, even if you're already exhausted, force yourself to do things. Don't put them off. And so this is all to say in my last move, I figured out that sometimes your future self has more bandwidth for tasks. Yeah. You know, I think about myself six months after a move, I'm no longer stressed about the move, even if there are unpacked things, that distress of having to uproot your life and organize things, it's not as acute anymore. And so in some cases, it's actually a great idea to just throw things that you cannot emotionally deal with into a box, tape up the box, and then put a date at least a year or two from that date on the box. And then throw that box into the deepest recesses of your new house. So move those boxes first, throw them in the back. If you have friends who have space for you, for you to put a box or two, you know, do that so you don't have to look at it until you're ready. And so I basically, that's, that was my advice to her. I was like, you know, and I, I started with saying, you sound like you're really upset and it's understandable. And like, my heart goes out to you, but... Probably this is a future you problem, not a current you problem. And you can make it your future self's problem. And it's probably the best choice. And she appreciated the advice. And our mutual friend whose Facebook this was on really appreciated it. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you strip away sometimes the trappings of a question, it's really just a really human problem that a lot of us have just about different things. Yeah, I feel like a lot of us took a similar approach when all this stuff first started happening is like on an individual basis, most of us were calling her out, not calling out people who like that story because we understand it was a generational story that many people grew up with and have a strong identity with. 
it was more, I think, when they started doubling down and continuing to give her money and defending her that many of us got a lot more aggressive. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And in that case, I think the fans themselves, like it can be hard, but sometimes you have to take a step back and say, why am I reacting so strongly? You know, like, why am I defending fictional people over real people? Like, and it's very hard sometimes to do that sort of check with yourself. But I think that's where, you know, analogies to different situations can be helpful and people who you trust to call you out on your bullshit. Like, I have certain people authorized in my life, essentially, as a, in case of emergency, pull the switch and Eli has to at least consider what you're saying. because. I am afraid of the strength of my emotions and reactions sometimes. And I do need that check sometimes. So there's a few people who I trust, especially about certain issues where I'm like, if you reach out to me and essentially, you know, say the safe word, (laughs) I will at least pause and listen to you because you are worried about me. And you know that I'm probably reacting in such a way. And It's funny because now with certain of those people, I don't need them to do it anymore because they saw signs of me becoming mentally distressed that I had never picked up on before. And if I start feeling that way or noticing a certain behavior for myself, I know it's time to at least hit pause, if not stop. Hmm. Yeah, I feel like we should all have people who we trust to do that. Although I feel like some people who are more than willing to call out anyone are often also the most defensive about when they get called out. Kind of similar, <laughs> kind of similar to those people who, who always say, Oh, we tease you out of love. We, te- that's how we, that's how we show that we like you. And yet if you make a joke about them, they are the most sensitive about it. I've dated a couple people like that where they'll just make endless jokes about me or my work and then I throw something back and they get all pissed about it. Like it's, I feel like it's that same level of can't, I can give it all day, but if you do it to me, then it's a problem. Yeah. It's definitely not people who are super willing to call me out that I've authorized. <laughs> it's more people that like I trust and I know will sort of save it for an actual problem. Because if people call you out too much, you stop hearing it. Because you're like, oh, they're just on their bullshit again. Uh, But if it's someone who, you know, when it's appropriate is on your side and helps you and guides you. And even when they call you out, it's a way to help you. It's them saying, you seem like you're really getting upset about this minor thing. You may be actually upset about this other thing that I know about that's going on in your life. And I'm like, fair. (laughs) I'm not actually mad about this meme. I'm mad about something else. Um, but yeah, it does. It, yeah, it, there's a lot of nuance there. And there's a lot of often personal histi- history you have to have and trust. And it's not going to be some random acquaintance or stranger, you know, yelling at you on Twitter that's going to do it. Mm. What do you think, Ari? Yes. Well, great intro. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, I guess to talk about the calling out thing, I've definitely been guilty of just calling out everything to the point where I stopped being heard by certain people. And when I realized it, I 
sort of dialed it back, but also accepted that certain people were never going to take my concerns seriously. And it was a little bit my fault. (laughs) And that was hard to admit because very rarely were the call outs baseless. Like they weren't necessarily pointless or incorrect. I just was sort of escalating everything to a certain level. And if you prioritize everything is high, everything is essentially not high. Hmm. Uh, it actually the pr- this principle comes to me completely from a random source but it was from when i had my first tech job i worked in web development so we built websites for like cities counties fire departments that's what we did we had this system that our company it was like proprietary and one of the things we had was city alerts and city news and those were classified on a four or five point priority level. Like there was very low, low, medium, high, urgent. So about five points, I think. And we had to warn people that don't put everything as high and or urgent because you really want the things that are actually urgent to be at the top. If everything's high or urgent, they're all on the same level playing field. And it's completely pointless to rank things at that point. And so you have to sort of, if you really want to rank things properly, you have to sort of sit down and be like, okay, what qualifies as high versus urgent and things like that. And I've taken that principle and tried to apply it in other parts of my life. Cause it's like, yeah, if I scream about everything, I'm just a person that screams and yeah, I'll get ignored. Mm. And it sounds like the person that you were talking about, you know, with it was her, uh, her right. Is the pronoun? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like getting rid of her Harry Potter stuff. Like sounds like she felt like it was kind of an urgent thing or like felt, felt pressured that like, Oh, I have to make a decision about what I'm going to do with this stuff because, you know, not only is there the pressure of, you know, moving and am I going to move this stuff with me or am I going to throw it away or donate it or something else or give it to a friend, but also maybe sounds like the urgency that she you know, she's, she didn't want to give off the signal that she didn't care about her trans friends or about what J.K. Rowling has done to our community in recent years. And that she was, you know, worried about, like, not even necessarily, like, just the, the aesthetics of it, like, being perceived as transphobic or complicit with, you know, a transphobic public figure. But also, you know, sounds like she said she was, like, genuinely upset that like looking at the stuff was like not making her feel good Um, yeah but but like you said like if if her friends like trans friends that she has or or other cis people who are um allies or accomplices to the trans community like know what she's about and who she is and aren't gonna like see that stuff and be like oh okay like i'm questioning who you are now then i you know, I think that it is less urgent to like make a decision on what to do with these kind of these symbols of a, a st- ostensibly support for a work or an author that has some problems. That is a really good point. And it also brings to mind for me something that I hadn't thought would be a factor, but probably is is that I think for a lot of us, when we're just learning how to be better people and we're becoming more compassionate and we're becoming aware of marginalized groups and uh, oppression that we weren't aware of before, sometimes I think 
it becomes this game of everything is urgent because mm. I don't have the tools to navigate how urgent this is because I have been wrong in the past. I thought something was perfectly innocent and it wasn't. Yeah. You know, I've, I've definitely had those moments where I'm like panicking about something because in the past I thought something was no big deal and it was. So then I just decide, okay, I'm going to treat everything like it's a big deal, but it's not always the case. And her having a bunch of boxes full of Harry Potter memorabilia that she's going to deal with in a year or two when she's ready doesn't actually hurt anybody. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like, you know, she obviously is aware of what the issue is and, and you know, understands and to some extent, like, agrees with it. But, um, you know, because she supports the trans community and the trans people in her life, like... I'm sure in her mind, even if it's not on a, on a conscious level, but there's, there's some level of like, I care about this issue. I want to do something, but like, this is the only thing that I can do right now. Like I can't, I can't change the world. I can't change the government and uh, everybody's opinions on things. But what I can do is um, have this kind of, again, kind of signal <laughs> you know, virtue signal, if you want to put it that way, which like, I don't think virtue signaling is a bad thing. So I'm not saying it in a derogatory way or anything, but, um, you know, having, having this outward show of support. And so like, if, if she feels that having these things on display or even just having them in, in her possession would jeopardize a trans person feeling safe, then like, I can understand why that would feel urgent if someone like genuinely cares about trans people. Like I, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt people. And so I need to decide what I'm going to do with this stuff that might hurt them. Much. Agreed. I don't have a solution, but <laughs> that's just my thought. <laughs> I guess what, what we can suggest to people is when prioritizing these things is think about not necessarily you know, that there's a difference between how distressed you feel about something and the actual impact that it might be having on others as far as harm goes. Because, you know, she's feeling really distressed looking at this, but, or she might feel distressed at the thought of even having these things in her possession, but other people are actually not affected if they're boxed up and put away, especially, you know, it's like, yeah, so at that point, you can actually, with that solution, discount other people's feelings and prioritize your own, because that is really the main issue. Wow, for the first time in my life, I'm like, it's okay to think about yourself first in these comments. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's the first time, but I think I think it's a very healthy way to look at it. I feel like that's also a lot more productive of a conversation than say a teammate of mine who was like, Oh, when I'm, when I get money, I'm going to get a Harry Potter tattoo. And I'm like, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) And she's just like, what? It's not like I agree with her or anything. It's like, yeah, but people like us aren't going to take the time to find out (laughs) if whether or not you agree with her. If we see Harry Potter stuff, because unfortunately that's just one of the many things that we have to, approach with caution like somebody talking about dave Chappelle or ricky gervais for instance or Mm -hmm. anything else or 
saying that certain people don't belong in sports. Like those are red flags for us, not just because we don't want to be associated with people who think we're lesser, but it's safety. It's you're not a safe person to be around. Why should I even take the chance to trust you? I understand there are people in our community that are willing to engage at that point, but at an everyday level with strangers, if someone's wearing symbols of a person who has gone out of their way to hate us, I'm not going to take that opportunity. I barely have the energy to talk to our own community at certain times. I don't want to have that same conversation. Yeah, but then people will get upset and be like, well, like, you don't, you just made assumptions based on this thing that you saw. And, you know, you don't know my true intention or what I really feel. And that's the problem with USJWs or whatever. And I, I think they don't, they don't understand that there is a lot of validity to making assumptions about a person's level of safety when you are a person who is frequently marginalized and put in potentially dangerous, you know, whether it's physically or emotionally type of situations. Like I don't, I don't, I don't owe you a perfect stranger, like a conversation about what do you actually think and feel about these like deep issues based on, you know, your tattoo or your clothes or whatever else, like the books on your shelf or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't know you. I, why do I need to go through the, the risk even of having this conversation to determine what type of a person you are? And when instead I can just like. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli? I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, if it's somebody that you're going to be interacting with, like, I don't know, a coworker or someone in your friend circle or something, then yeah, it's maybe a, uh, now that I'm saying it, I'm kind of hesitating. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's a good idea to talk to them about it and get, get to know kind of their side of things. But also I don't think you should have to do that either if you don't want to, if you don't feel safe or comfortable doing so. But and I mean, the well, same people, people who, 
people are like, you know, offended when you're, when you, you know, make, make an assumption about them. Like they feel like they're like entitled or personally owed, you know, to be given a special exception or chance to this heuristic. It's, and I'll, and I'll, I'll, I agree with all that. And I'll say too, that a lot of the same people who say, you should have given me a chance. How dare you have made an assumption about me. If you do ask them, they're not exactly nice about it. Mm-hmm. Just or you asking about it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they'll get defensive about questions. And honestly, let's, let's think about specifically here in the year of 2022, Let's not even say, let's give this a wide berth. Let's not even say you have Harry Potter books on your shelf at home or pre-existing Harry Potter merchandise. Let's say I'm at a fan convention and you are buying a brand new piece of Harry Potter swag. Okay? So there's a couple of things that could be going on with you. Either you don't know about the turf stuff, which there are people who don't still, believe it or not, because some people are just not very online and so they wouldn't know or they're just you know for whatever reason it just hasn't crossed their their understanding the second option is they know and they agree with the turfiness or they know and they don't care and none of those options are necessarily the best basis for me to become a really close friend of this person right Mm-hmm. If they're so disconnected from trans issues that they don't know about JKR being a turf, I don't want to be the one to have to break it to them. That's exhausting, and they're probably going to shoot me for being the messenger, right? Mm-hmm. The second option is obviously the worst one, but the third one, them being like, oh, whatever, I don't care about politics. Like, I'm probably not going to get along with them anyway. So, like, this idea that I have to, like, get to know everybody very intimately before I can make any decision about how I'm going to interact with them is just that's asking too much of people. And those same people who are asking us to do that probably don't do that about us. Mm -mm. You know, they'll probably see a rainbow flag and be like, Oh, you're an SJW or whatever, like not worth talking to or whatever, you know, like it's they're, they're, they're setting up pronouns. Yeah. Yeah. Like, or, oh, you probably think this or that. And it's like, no, you made that up. Right? The right wing made this up, you know, and you're deciding this about me. But yeah, they set these very high standards of, oh, you have to know someone inside and out before you can say anything even remotely negative about them. That's, that's not how human beings work, friend. Like, it's just not. I mean, re- most recently, I got into an argument with someone because they said that I couldn't say that the chick-fil-a president was a bad guy (laughs) okay (laughs) she said i would want to have dinner with him and get to know him and understand him and i'm like i don't want to have dinner with someone who would want me dead and he probably doesn't want me to have dinner with him either and then she goes oh just as passionate as you are for gay people which is you know i'm like no that's not what it means but you know she's like just as passionate as you are about gay rights he's just as passionate about people not going to hell according to his beliefs yeah and that's bad <laughs> that's not <laughs> yeah good. i'm like do you not understand why this is a problem and i said being, by the way being passionate or believing in something isn't a virtue it depends on what it is that you're passionate about or believe that that determines whether the passion is good or bad exactly and like 
add in the fact that I'm not passionate about my beliefs. I'm passionate about not wanting to be oppressed or killed. That's not a belief. That's like basic human survival instinct. So it's like, I am not the same as this man who wants to kill me by not wanting to be killed. Like, how is that even equivalent? And also, like, it's such a Christian and white thing, to be honest, to be like, oh, the passion of my beliefs matters, especially when they're religious beliefs. I was a very passionate and committed Muslim, and it never occurred to me to impose that on any other American. It just never crossed my mind that my beliefs would have anything to do with the law because I was part of a minority group and I understood that nobody would go for that. You know, I didn't even expect teachers to excuse me for a test for my religious holidays. I was grateful when they were kind about it. Even in college, I had an instructor who was very hostile about it. She's like, you should have warned me three months ago. I'm like, yeah, so Muslim holidays go by moon sighting. So I didn't know it was going to be on a weekday. It was supposed to be on a weekend. <laughs> and then I ended up going in to take a test on my family's main holiday of the year. But I guess she had done research between the time we had spoken and the test. And she apologized so extravagantly. She's like, go ahead and go home. You don't have to take the test. I'm like, I'm already fucking here. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, you're worried about a lawsuit now, I guess, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like it just, how passionate one's beliefs are has no bearing on whether or not one imposes them on those around you. That's a function of arrogance, not of belief. And it also equivocates not wanting to be hurt or worse with bigotry with straight out bigotry. And there's, there's far too much of that. There's far too much equivocating of opinions and beliefs like that. And I see a lot of it, especially when we get criticized for maybe responding too harshly to someone who's being cruel to us. And then we get yelled at for being too mean about it, or perhaps you respond to somebody who is saying horrific things and then you get in trouble because you said mean words and they might represent a company or some team or anything like that. And it's like, okay, but you're not mad about what was said. You're only mad about how I responded to it. That says a lot about where you stand, in my opinion. It also says a lot about who they think. Like, I think a lot of it, too, is an access issue in the sense of, they think that you will listen to their criticisms and the people who said the initial statement, they've already discounted that those people would even consider them. It's basically lashing out at whoever is accessible to you instead of who actually deserves it. And what you'll get the least pushback for. Exactly. It's much easier to yell at a marginalized person for their tone than it is someone with power who can respond and possibly hurt you socially. Yeah. A lot of people will not put their money where their mouth is. And that is literally in the case of (laughs) (laughs) Chick-fil-A. By the way, your bigot chicken isn't as good as you think it is. Support black owned businesses instead. Also, there are like a million recipes online. And the main secret to bigot chicken is pickle brine. Yes. That's just marinate your shit in pickle brine, add more seasonings than white-ass Chick-fil-A does, and you're going to have a better sandwich anyway. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I can find some styrofoam for you if that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this just goes back to, and this is like a completely different talking point, but I think about this a lot, is people seem to really enjoy food being a mystery to them. Like, not just people, Americans specifically. It seems like we don't want to know anything about our food, and that even goes as far as finding out that, like, a thing you really like and think is very rare and precious is two very common things mixed together. You know, it's like, if you really like the Chick-fil-A sauce and chicken, it's really not hard to replicate. It's not even a from-scratch thing. You can buy two things at the bargain grocery outlet and mix them together, and you basically have Chick-fil-A sauce. You know, it's not slow simmered over a pot by some like Midwestern grandma with a secret recipe. Like it's, <laughs> it's not that deep. It just isn't. I mean, I still remember the day I found out In-N-Out's secret sauce was just like Thousand Island. And then I found out yeah. that Thousand Island was all the other condiments mixed together. And I'm like, that's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> So now, like, I don't buy Thousand Island. If I really want it, I just throw in all the condiments and mix them up. And sometimes even season it myself to my taste. And I have better Thousand Island. I am mystified <laughs> by this concept you're talking about. the Not wanting to know what your food is. And maybe that's because I have so many goddamn food allergies. That I'm yeah. like, I, I kind of have to know. I don't want any mystery. That's why I ordered the same thing at the re- same restaurant all the time. It's like, because I know this works and won't make me sick. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel you there. I mean, it started with being religious and having to read labels and then later it became, you know, having people in my life with various food sensitivities or allergies. And lately it's myself because uh, I have post-COVID stomach issues and certain things really seem to set it off. So I am finding out just how few vegetarian things do not have lentils or beans in them. And it sucks. Or soy. Soy, thankfully, is not a trigger for whatever's going on with me. And yes, I am seeing a doctor about it on Monday. But I don't know what's happening. But chickpeas and black beans and lentils are like the biggest triggers ever. And I learned that by by eating some hummus and then paying for it. (laughs) But yeah, like so many vegetarian alternatives are just loaded with beans and and lentils which is fine for most people it's just right now it's i'm eating more like i'm pescatarian not vegan or vegetarian and i usually don't eat a lot of seafood to be honest but lately i have just because that's the best protein i can eat without getting sick (laughs) sad yeah this is really random but just because we were talking about chick-fil-a it reminded me of this I saw this right wing meme and I feel like this meme is the greatest example of Poe's law that I've ever seen. So I wanted to share it with you and get your reactions. And I know this is an audio medium, so I'll like describe the image and whatever, but there's a bunch of Poe's law for those who don't know what that is. Oh, Poe's law is basically like it's often difficult to tell whether someone is being sarcastic or trolling or whether they actually believe the thing because they can be indistinguishable sometimes. Uh, that's kind of probably, a. I don't know if that's the best way of putting what Poe's Law is, but 
Um, yeah, basically, like, sometimes satire is indistinguishable from the reality if the reality is ridiculous enough. Um, so this meme, so on the right side, it's all text, and I'll read the text, and I'll, I'll say what the image is. So imagine a Chick-fil-A on a normal business day and how smoothly the operation is run. Then one day, some people think that it's not running well and decide to make a change, hiring a McDonald's manager to come over and run it like a McDonald's. That's atheism. And then the image is of uh, a Chick-fil-A worker with Joe Biden's face photoshopped on them. Or no, it's a McDonald's worker. Sorry, a McDonald's worker with Joe Biden's face standing in front of a Chick-fil-A. What the hell? <laughs> what? Is- that, that sounds like a shit post. Like it sounds like it's supposed to not make sense. Thanks, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> See that—that's what I. It's so difficult to tell because, like, it's got it's got the right wing. Like, of course, they're obsessed with Chick Fil A and how great Chick Fil A is, and so they're like, "Oh, like Chick Fil A is like the perfect restaurant, and we don't want it to change because of how perfectly it's run." And then there's, like, the weird, like, it says that's atheism. So atheism is when everything's going well, according to Christianity, and then some people come in and say, no, we want to make it different, and that's bad. And then also Joe Biden is an atheist, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Of course, because he likes gay people. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. Just barely. (laughs) But also... That th- it doesn't work because people also assume that queer people and atheists have enough money to be the superior and much more profitable company <laughs> coming in and telling a smaller company how to do it. These are the same people, supposedly the the trans activists that lobby in the government for stuff. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, you know us atheist queers. Yeah, we we really have that kind of lobbying power. All those tax breaks we get for Carl Sagan's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like <laughs> the idea. I mean, I would love for Carl Sagan's birthday to be some kind of holiday, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, yeah that's the day we all wear pale blue dots on our head (laughs) (laughs) we need need to be careful what we wish for here (laughs) i feel like if an atheist holiday is gonna happen it's gonna be like richard dawkins day and then we're gonna be Uh, like fuck we didn't want this one (laughs) oh my god kind of reminds me of how you know Juneteenth is now a holiday, so people think racism is over. <laughs> no, no, no. Racism has been over. We had a black president. <laughs> and know. also Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Done. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Mostly said by people who think Jackie Robinson was the bad guy in the story. Oh, no. Wait, people think. Never mind. I shouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Being a sports person, do you know how many times I've heard pre-segregated or pre-racial, help me, help me, integration, pre, pre-integration pre sports were because everybody was on the same level and they had all these <gasps> rules and it wasn't fair because insert bullshit thing about how slaves were bred, like all of that bullshit. And 
I often tell people who don't know a lot about sports is that's why you hear Babe Ruth kind of referred to as Superman because he didn't have to play against black people. <laughs> uh, but oh. spoiler, he did. And he got his ass kicked <laughs> <laughs> because, okay, little sports tangent. Back in the day, sport uh, baseball teams did this thing called barnstorming, which was before the season, they would go through the country and play like, the Carnegie factory baseball team and the Indianapolis museums baseball team. Cause back then all the companies had baseball teams, but they would also go down South and play against the teams of black people who played baseball or the Negro league teams. And they routinely routinely got their asses handed to them, <laughs> but you don't hear about that on the history channel. <laughs> No, the History Channel is just for um, Nazis and aliens. So, and Nazi aliens <laughs> that live on the moon mm. and the center and are werewolves and Venus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, it's one of those things that could be a shit post, but there are people out there who think this. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I, I feel like all of our hypotheticals have to come with the the South Park Mormons episode or the South Park Scient- Scientologist episode that's like, this is what X actually believes. <laughs> yep. <sighs> I miss the days where I could study conspiracy theories as a historical phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Like- I was really into hollow earth theory, not because I believed in it, but because like there are really fun historical like stories like people who came up with these weird theories about hollow earth and how it worked and antipodes and stuff like it was funny back then when i was into it and now it's like oh those people are real and for some reason their numbers are increasing why and some of them are elected (laughs) officials it's it's kind of like murphy grew up on x-files and really enjoyed Mulder and Scully and all that. And it's like, we, we tried to watch it because I had never seen it. And we got through a couple episodes and I'm watching going, this is actually really uncomfortable in retrospect because people really believe this stuff. <laughs> like, the, this is a documentary or something. <laughs> huh. Meanwhile, if you know, I think I saw a tweet about this going around and I laughed very uncomfortably, but it's like, if you know three real things that the CIA did and talk about them, you sound like a crackpot. Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. That's true. And I'm talking about things the CIA admitted to doing, not even the things we know, but they haven't admitted yet. It's almost like it's by design or something. <laughs> oh my God. But yeah, I know one of us has a heart out, so we better get to the memes. So does anybody have a nice little hack for people? My hack is for this person that told me that I was anti-LGBTQIA community because I said it would be ridiculous to eat at a Chick-fil-A even if the franchise was owned by lesbians. This was not a hypothetical. Apparently the Chick-fil-A in their community is owned by a lesbian couple. And I'm like, if you have enough money to get a Chick-fil-A franchise, which involves going through a lot of hoops and having a lot of money, I've looked into it for whatever reason. <laughs> um, well, I was curious at one point. I know a lot of things that eventually come in handy. In this case, it did. 
I'm like, no impoverished person had only a Chick-fil-A franchise as their only way to get out of poverty. That is not a possible situation. No. That they chose to franchise with Chick-fil-A is probably because they just wanted to make a bunch of money. And they are. So me not wanting to go there and telling people to not go there is not being anti-LGBTQIA for fuck's sake. Like, what do you... They're being anti-LGBTQ because, surprise, gay people can be homophobic. Yeah, exactly. And also, like, that that's the same logic that would have me give money to the election campaigns of gay Republicans, right? Mm-hmm. Well, they're gay, so you have to support them. No, I fucking don't. <laughs> no, I fucking don't. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I have known people on ostensibly uh, the left side of the aisle who said that you were sexist if you didn't think Hillary Clinton was the greatest Democratic candidate ever. So, yeah. Oh, the whole support women no matter what they do. I'm like, yeah, support women even when they're being misogynistic. Go Sarah Palin or whatever. (laughs) Remember when she was the bottom of the barrel? Remember when she was as bad as it could get? That was a nice time, wasn't it? She she's almost charming in hindsight. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Ari, you got a heck? Yeah, my my heck is like can we maybe can we maybe as a society stop with the if somebody is homophobic that means they're secretly gay and hate themselves or if somebody is transphobic that means they're secretly trans and hate themselves trope. Like I, I saw a post on like Reddit or something recently where someone was asking for advice because their boss was like spending a bunch of their day just saying homophobic things and like how much they hate gay people. And all the comments were like, oh, like he's definitely gay and he just hates himself. So like, let's make fun of him for that or whatever. And I, it, I don't like that. I don't like it. Like, it's possible, and yes, there are people out there who are like that, but also, like, there are plenty of homophobic people who are straight, <laughs> who are actually straight, and they are just bad people because they hate gay people or trans people or whatever else. Like, not not all bigotry can be reduced to, you know, somebody who actually does belong to that group doing self-hatred. Like, there's actual bigotry also from people in the dominant groups. Like, there's plenty of that. So, I I don't like when people will make the joke or even seriously be like, oh, the reason why they're, they're phobic is because that's what they secretly are. And they're, like, trying to overcompensate for that or whatever. Because, like, why do we need to put more blame on people from marginalized groups who are trying to survive, first of all? When, when the actual, yeah, when the actual problem is people from the dominant group doing their oppressive, bigoted bullshit that they always do. Not to mention, it just strikes me as an updated way to be like, "Lol, you're gay." Seriously, I I do feel like there is a lot to say about projection with how many people who have, like, especially the the pastors and otherwise who have been busted quote-unquote doing gay stuff when they've been anti-gay like i do feel like there is something to be said for that kind of projection especially for the transphobic dudes who love to watch trans porn and Uh secretly want to have a discreet hookup 
but then in public are saying the exact opposite things. Like, I I think there's something there, but I don't think it should be the initial presumption. I think that just gives credence and excuses for homophobes. No, I think you're totally right. Like that, it definitely is a phenomenon that exists, uh, especially for some reason among Republican politicians who are like anti-gay and then find out that they're, they're queer in some way secretly on the down low. And like, whenever it comes out about that, I'm never particularly surprised, but again, that does it, that doesn't explain. I don't, we don't know what the ratio is of how much homophobia is due to self hatred and how much homophobia is due to straight people who are just homophobic. But I would imagine the majority is the straight people who are just homophobic. Mm-hmm. It is statistically basically impossible for us to be entirely responsible for our own oppression. Yeah. (laughs) Like, it's just not possible unless almost everybody is gay, which is probably not true. I mean, we can dream, but, you know, it's, it's very, 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 very unlikely. I mean... You know, California voted in an anti-same-sex marriage, you know, uh, proposition back in 2008. Half of the state is not gay. That's just not possible, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, even if there are very loud homophobes who are secretly queer in some way, they they cannot account for all of it. Yep. Let us... uh blame the people who deserve blame, which is the bigoted oppressors rather than the people who are being oppressed against. And also, even if it's true, it doesn't fucking matter because it's the, the effects of it don't go away once they're like, Oh, that was just a self-hating gay. No, they're still doing damage regardless. So it doesn't matter. Speaking of which my heck goes out to the wonderful upstanding citizen in New Hampshire who said he would shoot up a school if his kid found out that they'd seen a drag queen or a transgender person and doubled down didn't just say like oh i was being hyperbolic was like no it's not a guarant- it's not a threat it's a promise and there would be lots and lots of dead bodies so here we have someone who is openly admitting that they want to do a school shooting because trans people exist and also showing that all of this bullshit in the governments about how drag shows are bad has real life consequences. So once again, it's not just the fringe that says this shit anymore. This is the mainstream narrative. Quit making excuses for these fucking people and quit assuming just because you know, it's ridiculous that other people do because clearly there are people taking it seriously. That's why I'm so dangerous that I'm banned from what? 18 States now from playing sports. They're taking it seriously. Stop giving them excuses. Mm. And also a double hack for the people who bought that. The Uvalde shooter was trans and turned around oh and were God. like, and we're like, oh, here's a random picture of a trans person. And yeah, that had real world effects, too. And people are so desperate to hate trans people that they bought it. So stop excusing this shit. Anyway, anybody you done okay? It reminds, huh? Well, real quick, though, about the shooter thing. It really reminds me of when I was Muslim. And every time there was a bomb or something, we'd be like, please don't be brown. Please don't be brown. Please don't <laughs> be brown. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, but people would believe it. And, you know, the retractions from the media were never explicit. They just, like, pretend like they never had accused a Muslim. It was wild. So anyway, has anyone done okay? I know we're almost out of time. Real quick shout out to my friend who not only threw a pride event at her work, but who is a fellow alphabet person, but is a cis person. And she actually dealt with an annoying coworker who asked all the classic questions about trans people in a really good way. So she has single-handedly saved us from being asked about our genitalia by telling someone that it's rude to do that. So shout out to Anne for being a good person. Yay. Good job, Anne. I never thought I would say this, but good job, Fox News. Like, what? unironically. You're canceled. Um, Done. I know. Seriously. In this one instance, they did a good thing. It wasn't – and it wasn't even on, like, a local Fox affiliate. It was on the main Fox News channel. They ran a story about a, a – like, a sympathetic good story about a trans teenager and his family – and how they're like navigating all of this bullshit that's going on with, you know, trans issues, especially for minors. And like they're like the most milk toast, like white Christian, white picket fence family that like plays catch in the backyard or whatever. And it's like a really like very simple humanizing story that they ran. And um, the anchor who ran it is uh, a, an openly gay man who works at Fox News and was like, trying to like specifically did this story to support the trans community and try and get this message out there that like, they're just like normal kids if they're, if they're a kid. Um, and <laughs> of course, conservatives fucking freaked out about it. It is awesome. Uh, go and see specifically Ben Shapiro and my perennial fuckboy Matt Walsh. Uh, they in particular just absolutely lost their minds over this. That how could Fox news betray us this way? Um, so props to the Fox News anchor. I wish you wouldn't work at Fox News as a gay person, but I'm glad you're doing some uh, some good agitprop there to support the trans community. So thanks for that, at least. I want to give a shout out to Cleveland Scene Magazine, who does very similar stories and isn't... They don't hide what they're talking about. They ran a story recently that was talking about people who are parents of trans kids who are getting the hell out of Ohio right now because of all the stuff coming down the pike. And to be in a state that somehow went from a swing state to a hard red state, I admire anyone who is doing the work in the places where this shit is happening because I ain't doing it. <laughs> like I'm not going to hostile places like that. So I admire anyone who is signal boosting these kind of things. And of course, signal boost us to patreon.com slash QAF. I know Ari has to go. Sorry if I was incoherent or used the wrong words at any point. I promise I'm trying. You were great. Don't worry about it. Yay. I wouldn't have been able to tell if you hadn't told me. Well, there we go. <laughs>
tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.